in Galatians uh, chapter 1, Galatians chapter 1, Galatians chapter 1, as we continue to look at growing in the word, growing in the word, um, which is our theme this year. We're in Galatians chapter 1, Galatians chapter 1. We're in Galatians chapter 1, Galatians chapter 1. Let us pray. Father God, you are amazing. Thank you so much for everything you are doing, for your grace and your mercy have prevailed today. Let us not be sermon evaluators, but sermon applicators. That when we walk away from this place, we walk away different. Empowered by your word that you have preached through me. That we not look at me, but we look to you. Because my job is to point people to you, Jesus. That you may be lifted up and glorified. That they may have change in their life. There's some that came in, Lord God, who don't know you as a Lord and Savior. There's some on all our screaming platforms who never extended a relation, who never accepted you in a relationship as God in their life. So we pray for them that by this message you may reach them and teach them and glorify your name that they may come to a saving knowledge of truth. And for us who are believers, Lord God, for those who are struggling in this walk, I pray that you encourage them. And those who got it all together, I pray that you encourage them even more that they may be a light, which you have called us to be, a light and a salt in our community. We bless you and we love you and we thank you for everything you're going to do and everything you already done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Welcome to all our online visitors for the Zoom visitors and our uh, Facebook, our uh, website, and also YouTube and all the other platforms that we have. We welcome you. Thank you so much um, for visiting us. Sister uh, uh, Darlene, we see you. Sister Carla Timmons, we see you. Katrina Jones, we are so thankful for you all here uh, worshiping with us. We find ourselves in Galatians chapter 1, uh, verses number 6 to through 9. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 6 through 9, remember this is the New Testament. So we're in the New Testament, this is towards the back of the Bible. Um, right after Corinthians, 2 Corinthians is Galatians. And if you go too far, we always say God eat popcorn. So it's Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and then Colossians. So if you find yourself in Colossians, just go back to Galatians, amen? So we're in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 through 9. Paul here is writing to the churches of Galatia, and he says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be a curse. And he says, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches another gospel to you than what you have received, let him be a curse. Amen? Amen. I want to speak to you from the topic disappointments 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 as you all know as a pastor I read a lot of different books and now I'm reading a book that is called the painful side of leadership by Jeff Igor. 
And in his book, talk about the painful side of leadership when it comes to disappointment. He, he gives the definition of disappointment, and he say, and I quote, that disappointment is a result of unmet expectations. He say disappointment for, for pastors, for, for leaders, come when there is a result from unmet expectations. When we as pastors or leaders have expectations and they are unmet. He said that's when disappointment happens. That's, that's when there is a painful side that we experience when we, we run into unmet expectations. And I thought about this as I was looking at this sermon. All of us in here have or had or will have an encounter with disappointment. Every single one of us. It, it, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're at in your life. Every one of us would experience disappointments. As a matter of fact, our parents at times disappoint us. Our children will disappoint us. Our friends will disappoint us. Our spouses will disappoint us. Wow, she said amen strong on that one. Our, our families will disappoint us. Our, our baby mamas and our baby daddies will disappoint us. Our, 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 our friends will just, matter of fact, even the stuff we order online sometime will disappoint you. Every one of us would experience disappointment. And this is unmet expectations. And here in this text, Paul had great expectations for these new believers. These new Jewish believers has just surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. They have been converted by the gospel of Jesus Christ, by the death, burial, and resurrection of him. Paul has been preaching to these, these Jewish believers, and they have come to accept Jesus Christ in the churches. Keep in mind, it's more than one church of Galatia. And Paul, as the pastor, as the overseer over these churches of Galatia, comes now with expectations in chapter 4, verse 31, that they live a life of freedom, that they live a life of liberty. And his expectation is that they live a powerful life in Christ. But what Paul ran into was unmet expectations. Paul, as the pastor, is disappointed. And we see this in the text. And the first thing I want y'all to see is Paul's disappointment. It's right there in the first phrase of verse 6. Look what he says. He says, I marvel. And then he goes on to say that you have turned away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ. He says, he says, I marveled. Right here, the first thing we see is Paul's disappointment. He's in this phrase, he says, I marvel. Now, guess what? In the English version, we can't understand what this phrase means. But in the original text, this phrase lays out the whole mood of the entire book of Galatia. 
The whole move of the entire book of Galatians is laid out by this phrase that Paul gives that I marveled. I marveled. Here, he shows his disappointment. As a matter of fact, the, the, the phrase, I, I, I marvel, it means to be shocked. It, it, it means to be hurt deeply. It means to be amazed. And for you who are like me who need a word picture, it means jaw drop. Paul was jaw dropped. He, he was hurt. He was, he was deeply hurt. And you, and you know how it is when you are disappointed. You know how it is when you, when you set expectations and they, they unmet. You are, you are angry. You are, you are, you are mad. You, you, you are frustrated. You, you're sad and it, and it hurts deeply because what you have expected did not, was not met. And Paul here is feeling disappointed. He's shocked. His, his jaw had dropped. But he, he's not disappointed because someone failed him. His spouse had failed him or his, 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 his baby mama had failed him or his children had failed him. He's disappointed at the church. And here he says, I marveled. says, I, I marvel. We see Paul's disappointment. Paul is hurt. He's disappointed. And look, look how disappointed Paul is. Turn over, and we usually don't, don't flip, but I, I want to I show you some things. Look how disappointed. Turn over to chapter 3 in Galatians. Look how disappointed Paul is. Paul says in chapter 3, verse 1, flip right over with me. Look what he says. He says, oh, foolish Galatians. Paul is so hurt that he called these, these Christians fools. He says, Galatia, you are fools. He's deeply saddened. He's disappointed. And you and I can experience this because I don't know about you, but I've been there. Well, I expected my wife to do some things and she didn't do. I've been there when I, when I put expectations on my children and they didn't fulfill them. I've been there when I put expectations on myself and they didn't and I didn't fulfill them. I've been there when church members, I have expectations of church members and they didn't fulfill them. I've been there at being disappointed. Have you? Paul is disappointed. Some of you all know how I feel to be disappointed. You're disappointed at your job. All the time you put in, all the energy you give them, and you haven't been promoted. You're disappointed at your school. You put all this time in the school to find out that it's time to graduate and you got one class left and you're like, where have y'all been? I didn't did all my classes. I, I didn't gave you all my money. I gave you all my time. I'm a broke college student. And now you're telling me when it's time to graduate that I got one more class. Disappointment. You've been there. When you take your car to the dealer and they say they fixed it and you got to keep taking it back. Because of your expectations. Disappointment. Paul is upset at these new believers. And he shows his disappointment with this phrase, I marvel at you. But then Paul shows his purpose. Paul shows us here the purpose of his disappointment. We've seen Paul's disappointment. Now we see his purpose because Paul's just not disappointed in anything. He had great expectations for this church. He had great expectations for the believers. 
He had great expectations. One thing about being a pastor, you have expectations for every single member. Every single member, when, 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 when I go to pray and I call out your name and your family name and your last name, I had expectations that you would be well in Christ. And Paul show here the purpose of Paul's disappointment. Look what he says. We're still in verse 6. He says, I marvel that you have turned away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Here's the purpose. Here's the issue. Paul says, my disappointment come because I had expectations that you would be on fire for Christ. But guess what? You are now turned away from Christ. Paul says, I'm, I'm hurt that, 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 that you have now. Look what he says. He says that you have turned away. That's another key phrase. Because what he said, he says, I'm hurt because you have deserted the faith. You have turned your, your, your back on God. You was on your knees with God. And God was this and God is that. And now you got up off your knees and turned your back on God. Paul says as a pastor that that hurts me because you have deserted the faith. You have walked away from God. And I tell you, like I said last Sunday, because you're in the sanctuary and because you're online and you watch every Sunday and you show up in Bible study, doesn't mean you have not turned your back. He says you have turned your back. You have turned away from God. And remember, this is a subtle turn. Mm. Mm. It's so subtle that you don't even feel it. Oh, let me let me let me get a towel. Let me get. I gotta wipe my head on this one. It's so sudden. It's so sudden that you not only do you not feel it, you don't even notice it. You are so far away from God. We get so far away from God that we don't even notice it. And guess what? When the pastor calls you and bring it to your attention. Guess what you do? Get mad. Who are you, pastor? Call me, tell me. Hey, my job as the pastor is to be the spiritual leader of you. That's what the Bible says. The pastor, I'm responsible for your soul. So I have to call you to the carpet. You don't like it when people call you out, when your friends call you out, when other church members call you out. That's how far you have gone that you don't even know and don't even feel it. And he says, I, I'm, I'm sick, I'm jaw-dropped, that you have turned away from God. He said, you have turned away. And look what he says. He said, you turned away so soon. That means that they wasn't even Christians long. They turned away so fast. They turned away so fast. And most of us who just become Christians turn away so fast. Because we think that salvation is the end point. We never move past salvation. See, moving past salvation is now that I'm saved, I'm living for God. We only want I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. I'm not living for God. So he says, so soon you have turned away from God. He says, I'm disappointed. Here's his purpose. Because you have turned away from God. You have turned your back. You have deserted God. You're not reading your word no more. You're not spending no time with God no more. God is not first on your list. 
Everything else is first. Everything else is first. But God comes second, maybe best at second, probably third or fourth. And he says, you turned away so soon. He said, you turned away so soon. And look who you turned away from. He said, from the one who called you by grace in Christ. He says, you turned away from God who called you, drawed you, elected you to be a child of God. You turned away from the grace that he has given you to follow another gospel, which there is no other gospel. He says, you, you turned away from the grace of God. You, you turned away from the grace of God. He is grace. Grace is when you don't deserve it, that God give it to you. You and I don't deserve to be a child of God. You and I does not deserve to go to heaven. He says that you, you, you now turned away from that, and what they turned away to was works. See, now they, miss, they, 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 they didn't misplace. They now feel grace with works. So now their relationship was dedicated to works and not grace. So now they're trying to work to get to God, accepting the grace that I am in God. They turned away to a work-based faith. And guess what, church? We got a lot of Christians that are in a work-based faith. Only reason why you show up because it's your Sunday to sing. The only reason why you show up because it's your Sunday to count. Only reason why you show up because it's your Sunday for screaming. Only reason to show up because it's your Sunday to usher. Only reason why you show up because it's your Sunday to be a trustee or deacon or to lead the service or to preach. If it ain't your Sunday, you don't even show up. That means you come to church for works, not because of grace. Because you will show up with grace, guess why? Because you know it's by grace that you're here. Because God placed me here, and I think because I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve to be preaching this word. I don't deserve to be uh, 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 leading people. I don't deserve to be ushering people. Matter of fact, it's only because of his grace that I'm here. I'm not here because of me, because I have nothing to give to God. Matter of fact, my, my best is a filthy rag according to scripture. But he says that you have now turned from the grace of God to works and Paul says I'm disappointed Paul says you have you have turned from another gospel Paul is disappointed and one of the hardest things for a pastor is disappointing when his people in the church or anybody not only his people but when you hear believers not in the faith anymore that hurts that hurts that hurts that's why if you leave Clinton Baptist Church, we give you an exit interview. I want an exit interview. I want to talk about it because I want to make sure you lining up with God and going to another church that's preaching the gospel. I want you to not let what I say or do get you mad at God where you ain't serving God no more. I want you to be connected with Jesus, not me, because I told y'all, I will fail you every time. Don't follow me. If I ain't following Jesus, you better jump off this boat. You better jump right off of it real quick. And he says, you turned away. You deserted God. And remember, it's a subtle thing. You don't even feel it. You don't even know. And he says, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. 
that you've been in church, you, you know the word of God, and, and you, you, you go on with Christ, and now you're seeking out the other things. You're seeking out the feeling. I mean, I'm not getting fed there. I'm not getting fed there. Well, read your Bible, you'll get fed all day. That's all you got to do. You want to get fed, read your Bible. He'll feed you all day. He'll feed you all day. He says, look. He says, I'm disappointed. And as a pastor, this hurts. When you see people walk away from the faith, when you see people who had a, a desire for God, a lust for God, a joy for God, and now they're turned away. Paul says, here's his purpose of disappointment. He says, you have followed another gospel. Although Paul come back with this hyperbole, and he says there's no such thing as another gospel because there's only one gospel. And what we see here in this disappointment is that Paul was disappointed. We see his purpose of disappointment all in verse 6. Paul's purpose of disappointment. And then in verse, the rest of verse 6 through 9, we see Paul denounce these false teachings. So Paul come down, he disappointed, and now he addressed the issue. And look what he says in verse number six. I mean, verse number seven. He says, what you, he says, well, well let's look at verse number six, the end part. He says, to a different gospel. And then he comes back with this hyperbole, and he says, which, which, is not another, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Watch this. But even if, if we, here's the hyperbole, or an angel from heaven preach another gospel to you, then what? We have preached to you, let him be cursed. He says, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches another gospel to you than what you have received, let him be cursed. Paul comes and he denounced the whole thing. He denounced it. He says, hey, look, I denounced that teaching that you heard. He says that, by the way, there is not another gospel. He says that you have turned away to follow another gospel, but there's not another gospel. He says that there's no such thing as another gospel. There's only one gospel, and that gospel is that Jesus came and lived for 33 years without sin, and that he was beat all night, and he was spit on, and he was paraded down the streets of Jerusalem, and he was nailed to the cross, and he shed his blood on Calvary cross, and he died and was buried in a tomb, but on the third day he got up with all power in his hand. And he was seen by over 500 people. And then he ascended to the right hand of God where he stand there interceding for you and me. That is the gospel and there's no other gospel. Says there's no other gospel. You heard that. You heard that. Don't let people come in to turn you away from Jesus. He said they have come in to pervert you, to turn you away from God. And oh, how quickly we let things turn us away from God. One of the number one things that's turned us away from God is our cell phone. It's amazing how we freak out when we leave home without our cell phone and, or lose it 
And we, we, we ain't freaking out because the Bible on it. We freaking out because all the information we got. Look, he says that, that they came in to pervert. Watch this. They came in subtle to get you off the lane that God has from you. They come in subtle. Come in, Leonard Parker. They come in subtle. Deacon Parker, come in. They come in subtle. Stand right here and face the audience. They come in suddenly, suddenly and, and, and he said they pervert the gospel. So you, 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 you're on fire for God. But now you, you've been in church a couple of months. You've been in church a, 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 about a year or two. You've been in church about three years. So they, they come in. They, they, they end suddenly. And, and what they do, because now you have been in Bible study and you learned a little bit of the Bible. So with these, with these things coming to pervert you, this is where it means. I like word pictures. This is where it means. So now you're walking with God, but these things like Leonard Parker, they come in and they nudge you. Nudge me, Leonard Parker, just a little bit, not hard. So guess what? Now I'm off. Come on, come on over here. You pose a... So now he nudging me. He nudging me. He, he keep on nudging me. But, but because I think I know a lot and I've been in church a lot. And now the path is over here. And now I'm far away from God. And they came in to pervert. Now you think you got a good relationship with God. But you don't. And Paul said that this is the false gospel. This is not true. Jesus Christ is the only way. So guess what? In your walk, you got to keep on pushing. You got to push back that you can get back lined up for God because Paul is disappointed because the church is walking away. And I ask you, are you disappointed? That your brothers and sisters are not in Christ? Are you disappointed that your family members are not walking in Christ? Are you disappointed when you see people who used to have a relationship with God and now don't have it? And Paul says if anybody preaches anything else, they curse. Y'all know what that word curse means? It means they damned to hell. So what Paul says is go to hell because you have turned people away from God. Telling them. This is how disappointed Paul is. And I ask the question, because Jeff, he says in his book, in the painful sides of leadership, he said the definition of disappointment is a result of unmet expectations. We all have expectations of people. But does it disappoint you when you have expectations of people who don't know Christ? who walk away from those who do know Christ and walk away from God. The same way you feel when someone disappoints you. And like I said, thanks, Lenny. We all have been disappointed. We all have been disappointed. We all have been hurt. We all have been jaw-dropped. I can't believe you've done that to me. You hurt me. Do you feel like that when people are walking away from the church? Because Paul does. And I do, because my expectations is to see people go to heaven. Go to heaven. And Paul come and he chastised his churches of Galatia and say, I'm disappointed at you. And he point them back to the right path. I don't know how to close. Dang. I ain't think that far, Tuck. I'm still a new pastor. Can, can we get some music or something? Wow. I got to work on that. 
So he says, Paul disappointed. Paul is disappointed. But guess what? Oh, thank you, Lord. He just tweeted me. I got one. I got one. Look. Look, he just tweeted me. Look what I said. So Jesus is disappointed too. Because his expectation, according to scripture, thank you, Lord. I told y'all, man, he'd give you what to say in the moment you need it when you connect it. Look, his expectation is that all man surrender their life to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. He said, I came to die for all. Wow, thank you, God. I don't know why I didn't think of that earlier, but I needed Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He says that you all, he, he came to die for all, that you may have a relationship with God. God has an uh, expectation for you, is that you may surrender to him.